Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast, Swaff Nation. I'm Ollie Davis, I just stole a bit of Luke's line, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation, and hello to you, Oliver Davis. Is this what happens when you get a little bit ill, you try to sabotage me? I just, I just don't care, <laughs> so I just start to do whatever I want. Uh, no, I'm trying to make Swaft Nation happen more. Yeah. I feel like we should put that in more things, like the Wrestle Talk news. Mm. Uh, so I've been, I have been trying to consciously get it in there, so people identify as a Swaff Nation member. I uh, use it in all my tweets mm. uh, whenever I'm uh, talking to the Swaff yeah. Nation, which I find that based on my my previous career as a film critic, I obviously still have a lot of people that follow me for film thoughts. Must think it's the weirdest thing because they're not watching me for my, for my wrestling no. chat. But here I am talking about Swaft Nation and Patreon backers and Swaft Nation backers. Probably have no Scooby-Doo what I'm on about. Neither do the majority of wrestling fans. No. Because it's it's still a, a misspelt wrestling taunt. Yeah. That uh, sounds much better. Uh, so we forgot to do the intro and outro. But a podcast listeners, Swaft Nation. <laughs> so we've come back in here about two hours after we finished recording. Well, that's not that. I mean, we, usually we do it this way anyway, because yeah. we, we do the record, go out, start the edit, start the render of it, and then come back in to record the podcast. However, we all, we then had a bit of a long meeting because we were discussing our Christmas schedule. Yeah. And then we had a cup of tea. And then we were almost thinking about packing up and going home until I said, hmm. We haven't done the intro and outro yet. The, the Luke said it this way. He opened up the folder where the podcast bits usually are, and he just went, that isn't right. <laughs> so uh, we've come back in to record it to read out the iTunes reviews. First up, from KF Ham. KF Ham. KF Ham. KF Ham. 1892. No way that is a year of birth. So try that with the pin numbers, folks. Very good, they write. This is a great podcast because it describes the recent WWE events. That is a great review. It, and it's very true. That is what we do. It's to the point. And Epic Joey, one, two, three, four, uh, writes, brilliant podcast. That reminds me of the Spaceballs joke. Yeah. One, two, three, four. 
Uh, it's the it's like the password to all the secret Death Star plans. Yes, and it's just one, two, three, four. And the, the guy goes seriously. <laughs> well, uh, I was actually reading an article quite recently about the most commonly used passwords. Mm. Do you know it is one, two, three, four? It's yeah, it's, the most it's common... ridiculous, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, or it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, six, mm. six, five, four, three, two, one is the most second password. The word password yes. is the eighth one. And that's about the only one that's an actual word. Everything else is just numbers. Oh, no, QWERTY is another one. Mm, it's yeah. a very popular password. God, What's people yours? do not take security. Mine's I love Luke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my, my wife's is a, a combination of letters and numbers that was randomly generated. Um, so makes it very difficult for her to... I mean, she knows it, but I can never remember it. I've got a, a horrendously complicated password protection system. Yeah. Using one password, who are very, very good... Uh, and yeah, they, it's a random string of 20 to 30 characters Wow! specific to each website and login that I go to. Yeah, so no one can ever, it's pretty much unguessable. <sighs> I, I mean, I've said that now and somebody's going to go, oh, I'm going to hack I'm on gonna... it. <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but that's all, it's all protected. There's, I, I've, I found out a really good uh, password trick. If anyone's thinking, oh, but how can I remember these, these this random string of letters? Mm-hmm. Think of a song lyric. Yes, that's how people remember things in exams. Oh, uh, so it, this is a thing already. Yeah, I believe it, it's something that a lot of teachers, teachers, like if you're struggling to remember things, like, you know, read the thing that you're trying to remember, but then put it to a song so that you'll then remember it when you get into uh, the Oh, you exam. mean like sing to, to the tune? Yeah. Oh no, I meant like uh, so. What's it? I can't think of any song lyric ever. I'm an ass man. Okay. Yeah. So you would think, okay, I want my password to be a random string of letters. I'm an ass man. I a a m. Yeah. But you would go for a longer. I like to kick them. <laughs> I l. Yeah. T. Or you could put the two there. That'd be good. Yeah. K t oh i like it yeah and then like you know you, you just sing it to yourself as you hit the yeah. first letter of each word of the lyric that's very good it's my gift to you swath nation uh yeah epic joey by the way one two three four writes brilliant podcast proud so, i'm so sorry i'm breathing straight into your ears as well proud member of the swath nation luke and dolly are by far the most entertaining wrestling youtube slash podcast personalities out there support wrestle talk we're coming for you pritchard Keep up the good work, lads. Thank you, Epic Joey. That's um, just reminded me of a tweet I saw just before we came in here from Tom Holland, uh, the uh, the actor. Yes, uh, the, uh, the the Spider Man, uh, the Amazing Spider Man, yes. the best Spider Man, the best. Not on-screen. to us, then. Sorry, not, not to us. Not to us. No, it was a, excited. a tweet that he put up that made me chuckle, which was um, sat on the bus, two guys in front of me, discuss uh, theorizing and discussing the plot for the upcoming Avengers movie. Don't ask me, lads. I've got no idea. What was he doing on a bus? He's Tom Holland, he's a man of the people. He should be swinging. Shall we get on with the show? <coughs> quite nasally noises, noise noses, as both of us are quite ill. Well, actually, I'm feeling a bit better. Um, Good for you. But you, on the other hand, are still... You are very much under the weather. I'm in, I'm in my jumper. <laughs> I, I did today's WrestleTalk News in a jumper. I know people are going to make fun of my jumper. <laughs> it's a nice uh, jumper. But, I, but that doesn't stop people from saying, oh, look at the jumper, nerd. <laughs> Uh, but it is warm and snuggly, so yeah. I'm just—I don't care what you have to say because it feels good on my flesh. 
so yeah, what you been up to, man? Man, well, I had quite the weekend. Uh, it was my first weekend free, essentially, as my wife was away on a Hindu, so I had the house to myself. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, man. My brother came over, um, although I did have a period where I had like a few hours to myself, so I got to play some Final Fantasy VII on the, on the old PlayStation. Wow. And I got What to, year was, was that from? Uh, Final Fantasy VII, I want to say 96, maybe 97. Because mm. that's where your interest stopped, isn't <laughs> it? He gets to about 98 and then... Yeah, I'm, well, not, I'm done with picking up new hobbies. Yeah, maybe 2000. Sure. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it was like 96, 97, maybe even 98. But anyway, so I played that uh, for a little bit and uh, also managed to bust out... Because I backed uh, the Ghostbusters 2 board game on Kickstarter mm. and I haven't had anyone uh, to, to play it with yet. So I got out and I played it on my own. And, um, you played with yourself I while did, your wife yeah. was away. I, I do think, though, it's very much weighted in uh, the games. Uh, like It's almost too difficult. The, the, they've taken a lot of the criticisms about the first one, which is like, this is a bit easy. And they've kind of like they've just weighted it far too much in like the, you are now going to lose this game column. It's almost impossible to win. So you can, you can play it by yourself. You weren't sort of running around the other side of the board and taking your the no, next it's, go. It's, it's, it's a tile game. Sure. And then I just, I have the four Ghostbusters um, and I just, you know, just take them in turns. Were there any pink, was there any pink goo? Yes, there is. Yes, yeah, so you have oh, to... Oh, actual pink goo? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a tile. That's oh, right. And it's you're... not something like from Monster Blood. No, it's no, not like that. No. There are like goo monsters mm. um, that are very... Actually, the, the, um, the, the miniatures are very, very good, just as they were in the first game. But um, I think that it is a, a quite a good little game, but it's too weighted in the, in the game's actual um, advantage. Sure. So, uh, you know, not, not, one, not a recommendation from me. Great wrestling chat <laughs> to kick off the well, wrestling video cast. Well, I haven't watched any wrestling this weekend. My no. my wife did say she because my wife uh, listens to How to Wrestling the mm. podcast, and she actually said to me last week. She goes, "I'm going to watch a wrestling pay per view with you," and I said, "Really?" She goes, "Yeah." I I feel that sometimes I kind of like just dip in and out. Like if I'm watching it, she sits there for a little bit. Usually, if if it's on TV, her first question will be, "How much longer is this on for?" Mm. Because um, she doesn't actually want to watch it, uh, but she said she goes, "I'm going to try and watch a whole pay per view from start to end, and I get to pick the pay per view." Okay. So I get to pick any pay per view from wrestling history, and so my first, I literally jumped to my first thought, which is Royal Rumble 2000. Okay. That was my first one. I was like, "It's a small undercard, a couple of short matches on there, which she'll like, and then you got the Royal Rumble spectacle, which has got mm. a whole host of characters." in there the story is very good going in with Cactus Jack and Triple H you've got The Rock in there and like his feud with The Big Show so you've got some quite nice little dynamics going in there plus you have that awesome tables match with uh, the Hardys and the Dudleys but you do have the Miss Rumble contest you see this is what I was going to say I don't think you should pick any Attitude Era things for your lady partner because she does sort of hold men and female male and female genders in a similar regard, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah, so she wouldn't like to see all that stuff. No, but again, I feel like it's the sort of thing to be like, here is all the best and worst mm. of wrestling, rather than just give her like a flawless pay-per-view. Because the thing when you give someone a flawless pay-per-view is that that kind of sets, ex- sets standards then. Yeah. Or like, this is what wrestling pay-per-views are. And then you show them another one, and they're like, oh no, well this is a bit rubbish. Because you've also got like a pretty naff triple threat in there with Jericho, China, and Bob Holly. And you've got a, an absolute dog-awful tag match between the, the APA and the New Age mm. Outlaws, which only goes 90 seconds. So again, like that's kind of like, that's the worst of, of wrestling, coupled with this amazing tag team tables match, this amazing street fight, and a great Royal Rumble. So you 
I mean, what what does your lady partner like? Because I know if I want to get my lady partner to watch a show, it has to have a lot of high spots and athleticism. Yes. She doesn't really care about the characters. Oh, she likes entrances mm-hmm. and costumes yeah. and high spots. Yes. She's a mark. That's what she is. <laughs> uh, so wouldn't you... Because that era, although very good for storytelling and characters, is not so high on really good, like modern day work rate. No, but you do, as I said, you have got the big table spots and the big high spots. But is that the... something that she... I mean, high spots is in athleticism, yeah. not as in throwing yourself through a flaming table. Well, I mean, yeah, but I... I Would she like that? I think she might do, because when we watched the um, uh, NXT TakeOver War Games, which she caught like the last 15 mm. minutes of the War Games match, which she thought was very long, um, those 15 minutes that she saw, the thing that she was like most impressed with was um, Killian Dane doing his um, coast-to-coast dropkick. Um, and so I think that she might enjoy seeing like the high spectacles of Jeff Hardy jumping off the um, possibly uh, jumping off the the, the balcony and, mm. and all that sort of gubbins. So I, 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 that was my first call. Otherwise, I was thinking of just going with an NXT pay per view, maybe from like 2015, 2016, maybe like Brooklyn One with the Banks Bailey. Match, yeah, I think that would be a because that's, that's a corker. Also shorter. Mm-hmm. Two and a half hours compared to three. Don't want to overload people. No, that's what I'm thinking. Like if they think, oh, a film, a film's about two hours, a pay per view must be the same length, right? Let's sit down. Oh my god, it's six hours. <laughs> yeah. What is this? WrestleMania 38. Yeah. yeah. So I, that was my first thought. Or mm. like WrestleMania um, X8. But I think WrestleMania X8. No, X7. Sorry, X8. Uh, X7. But that only really works if you're invested in Steve Austin. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you want people to be. That needs a lot of context. Yeah. You need something to be a standalone hit. That's what I was thinking, which is yeah. why I thought the Royal Rumble works, because it's the Cactus Jack Triple H, that's the start of their feud. Do you want to t- ask me what well, I did over my weekend? Um, well, I was just going to get to Great Balls of Botch, but before that, how was your weekend, Ollie? My, my weekend was very ill, but yes. I still personed up, to use the, the gender-neutral term for manned up, and I went to my cousin's wedding. Congratulations, Lawrence and Fiona. And uh, we're all sitting down, and this is the meal part afterwards, and Lawrence is a very big Star Wars fan. So all all of a sudden, this noise starts to happen near the entrance. Like... Which is my version of the Imperial March. I was going to say, it sounded nothing like the Imperial March. It sounded so like... (laughs) Not only did it sound like the Imperial March, it sounded like the Imperial March through a set of doors. (laughs) And so that's you... the genius of that impression. Okay. And uh, yeah, five stormtroopers came in with wow. an admiral. And they were like, you know, we're here to find the rebellion scum. And they went round each table. And obviously they knew the seating plan. Yeah. So they had a little routine oh. to, to go off on each person. Like, oh, would uh, this person stand up? I hear you've insert specific joke about this person I've never met before. One side of the room laughs hysterically. The other side's like... I guess that was funny (laughs) for people who knew what was going on there. But that happened to me. (gasps) Yes. You were the one singled out. So we were on another... Very ill, Ollie Davis. Yeah, very ill. I'd just... I'd been in and out of the toilet, sort of dry heaving uh, throughout dinner. And uh, on my father's table, they say, is there a Simon Davis here? And he stands up. Yada, yada, yada. They go back and forth. They say, and you have a son. And then, like, my mum's like, he's over there! (laughs) That's a, terri- that's a terrible impression. Your mother's so nice. Well, she had had a few. She sounds so no- that's how she sounds she when she's sounds had a few, which is like every that. day. <laughs> and she sounds nothing like that. She's the nicest woman. She's pretty lovely, yeah. And so the, I, had to, I had to get up in my ill state, go over there, and the Admiral says, 
uh, Oliver, in front of everyone, <laughs> I hear you, uh, you're a bit of a delinquent. And I was like, um, I, I don't know, man. I'm so <laughs> ill. And, he was, and then he said, I hear you like to dress up as Wonder Woman. <gasps> and I was like, oh, Christ, the man and granddad are here. And he produced a printout of, of, of Wonder Ollie. Of Wonder Ollie. No! Which my cousin had set up. <laughs> and I, I said to him afterwards, I was like, nobody else got printouts. <laughs> Why did I? But he thought it was very funny. It was that very is, funny. That is very funny. So not only are my family well aware of Wonder Ollie now, yeah. but so are the, the larger hall of people in that room. Uh, oh, yeah, so. I um, had something... Not, I mean, not similar, but um, so my punishment video I did last month. Oh, uh, Luke, your, your punishment is coming up soon yeah, so as we, well. Yes, we'll be doing the punishment very soon. Yeah, but my punishment from last month, where mm. I had to cut the uh, the crap wrestling promo with a hand puppet while dressed as Captain Luke. Um, I didn't show it to anyone. Yeah, you were. I thought it was really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know people have told me it's funny, uh, yeah. but I was like, I'm not showing this to anyone. Absolutely, that was that was the point you were embarrassed. I was, I was like, I was no. always wondering where that point was. <laughs> it's not embarrassed, but it's it's like. I don't want to have to admit to people that this is what I do for a living. And like this, I'm quite happy to show people this. This mm. is what I do for a living. This is how I pay my mortgage. That's grand. What about the spicy challenge? Are you going to... That, that, oh, absolutely show that. show people that. Absolutely show that. But like the, 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 crap, the crap gimmick one, I was like, I'm not sure I can show people this. So, oh. so I didn't. However, my, my mother... What about TLC and the things we've done like Oh, that? that's fine. Yeah. Happy to show all that. Happy to show what is that. it about the puppet? I don't know, man. I was just saying about it. I was like, okay. I can't show people this because what if I I think it's funny, but then I show it to like my wife, for example, mm. and then she goes like, "That's awful," and then she divorces you. I was like, she and she goes like, "That's yeah. really not funny," because I think that's what I was thinking. I was like, "This isn't funny," mm. or "This isn't funny enough," and so I was like, "I'm not showing this to people." My mother, however, as she is wont for doing found it uh-huh. because she is always sharing wrestle talk stuff on facebook so that good, her good so other mothers can see how proud she is of her son for whatever reason because this is what her 32 year old has amounted to mm. and she shared it and was and like and tagged me in it and i was like it's oh, really hoping no one would find this and then um my i got home and my brother was there and my wife was there and my brother's like um Oh yeah, like Mum posted up something today, like with you with a hand puppet. I was like, yeah, yeah. So then I had to explain the concept of the punishment videos mm. and explain and crap, and gimmick, crap roster. gimmick roster. So I, I, I suddenly realised, like, God, there's a lot to explain here. Yeah. So, like an outsider to understand this. And I was like, yeah. I was like, did you watch it? And he was like, yeah, I did. And I was like, oh. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh cool. And I was like, cool. And then I heard from inside the, from the kitchen, uh, my wife go like. Oh, yeah, I saw it too. And I was like, when did you see it? And she was like, I saw it as soon as it went up. Because like I'm on WrestleTalk's like, Facebook page. And like, she never said anything. And she never said anything to me. I think because I didn't show it to her. And that's why she left you this weekend. <laughs> Sorry, she left. That's she wasn't, why you're now married to the Ghostbusters She game. wasn't on a Hendo at all. Oh, mate. Are you okay? <laughs> well, I thought you were punching above your weight anyway. Oh, so I, I'm surprised it lasted a month. <laughs> That film, I give it a year. Yeah. Like I gave it a month. Well, should we? Uh, let's do some quick great balls of botch before we get into the the. Th- oh god, we've done a lot of preamble. <laughs> we've done twelve minutes. Before People click start- on and like, oh, top five raw moments. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. 
12 minutes of natter. We're well, ill, we're not very focused. We um, Just before we press record, uh, Ollie said to me, said, like, should we save our, um, our rambling for the podcast? And I was like, no, let's do it on the video. We don't ramble enough on the videos anymore. And this because we're going to put this up and everyone's going to be like, when do they talk about this stuff? <laughs> when do we get to the fireworks yeah. factory? And then there'll be like three people who go, oh, I like the rambling. <laughs> but that will be that will be drowned in a sea of comments of get to get, the wrestling. Get to the point, man. So, uh, yeah, that's why... And we will not do this again for three months. And then we'll try it again and we'll get the same response. Uh, Chad, the fishmonger on Twitter, someone who has embodied one of the crap gimmicks in real life. Love Chad, got in touch with us via Twitter because as you remember on the last episode when we inducted or we signed the hot dog vendor to the crap gimmick roster. Promising talent. I didn't want to do this. This was all your booking ideas, but you wanted to book him into a feud with the fishmonger and then had the temerity to call him a mid-carder. I said upper mid-carder. You still got him a mid-carder. And I said, he's not going to be happy about that. And lo and behold, he got in touch with us on Twitter today to let us know that he was not happy with management at the moment. Well, I'm just saying, like, let me defend myself. This is Russell Talk headline news. Fishmonger is a a long-running intercontinental champion, but he's no Zog. He is no WrestleBot. He's not going to be in my world in my world like, title mix. He didn't like WrestleBot either. So this is what uh, Chad the Fishmonger said. So you two have jokes. No, so you, a, you two clowns have jokes. So you two clown clown emoji. So you two clowns have jokes. Up a mid card guy. I'm the first wrestler drafted to that backwater S word hole. You call a wrestling fed. You expect me to put over an F word hot dog vendor? Oh no, sell that loser quicker than you can say fish and chips. Three different fish emojis. <laughs> yeah, That's, fair play. Yeah, fair play, Chad. And uh, my favourite comment on uh, last Saturday's Wrestle Ramble. So he's, he's talking about a different show, this guy. Comes from Eric Stark that just reads, Drunk watching Wrestle Talk News. <laughs> Wrestle Talk spelt W-E-R-S-T-L-E-T-A-L-K. It's an easy mistake to make. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So the actual meat of Wrestle Ramble comes from this question from David McKenzie via Patreon. He's a $50 backer, pledger. Yes, I believe yes. he is. Yeah, yeah. So that's how you get your yes, questions fast-tracked, straight through the glass ceiling, just smashing in there. And he asks, gents... Can we get some top fives or tens wrestlers, pay-per-view matches and the like? They think they're a bit of... I, I think they're a bit of fun, and I'm interested to see what you fellas... Who you fellas like. So we talked about this, and we thought, well, we're going to do a lot of our top fives the week of Christmas, from Christmas Day to New Year's Day, because that's stuff we can get ahead on and then go home yeah. and not come and have some time off for a change. <laughs> Uh, and so we're not going to do any like 20 best of 2017s. All of that's going to be in the later end of December. But we thought, hey, we'll be doing this on a Monday. Raw's on a Monday. That's arbitrary enough for us to say, let's count down our top five WWE Raw moments ever. But we decided, yes. because we didn't want to overlap each other's thoughts, that you would pick something from, pick stuff from the last decade. So yeah. 2007 through to 2017. Oh, but you it's, already, it's have you already pretty, broken yours? It's pretty much 2010 to 2017. Okay, that's yeah. fair enough. So yours are the last seven years. Yeah, because I didn't. I, there's only so many John Cena, Randy Orton matches <laughs> I can sit through. Roman Reigns mismatches. Yeah, uh, and mine is from um, uh, the Attitude Era. Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, we picked those periods, and we're going to go back and forth. Have you got yours in order? Um, have. You have Because uh, we could go from five to one I, was I don't think I've got mine in order Mine's in no order Okay well th- Well this is order So rather than a decade It's just Just say this decade Yeah this from decade 2010 to 2017 Very nice I like it This There's decade There's big blind spots in this So this is not an exhaustive list What are we calling this decade? Uh, the teens, right? The teens? Would it be a teens? Maybe. But like, the last decade was the noughties. I, which I never thought would catch on, and lo and behold, it did. Um, yeah, okay, let's go with the teens. Do you think people in the early 19th century called it the noughties? No. It doesn't really sound like the sort of thing. Yeah, and you mean the, all, all, the, all, the, proper. all the 20th century, for that matter. Yeah, yeah, even then. Uh, so, the, uh, yeah, so, number five for Ollie. Raw... Last decade. This decade. <laughs> Number five, Mark Henry retirement speech from the 17th of June, 2013. You love this angle, don't you? It was amazing. <laughs> so I was such a huge fan of Mark Henry's Hall of Pain run. Yeah. Uh, thought, you know, he could have... It, it was injuries that got the better of him in the end, but that match with Big Show... Uh, who was it that he... It was Randy Orton, I think, he first beat to win the title. Uh, and then he just was... just 
awesome spot after awesome spot. These five-minute slugfests. The matches themselves really held up, as did the promo work, as did the feuds around it. It was incredible. But then, like, he, he got too many injuries, so he had to go. Fast forward to the weekend of, like, the, the 15th and 16th of June, about two years later in 2013. And I remember catching up with the internet. Like, there was legitimate rumours going around Mark Henry might retire on Monday. Looks like there's a retirement angle planned for Mark Henry. Uh, I think it was even in Texas, which is, of course, where he's from. I can't confirm that. I might be wrong. But, uh, yeah, so you've got all this going into Raw. And it sort of made me think, oh, well, it's it's happening. You know, fair play. This will be nice. I'll see how it goes. And then uh, John Cena had just done, like, a United States Championship promo. And out comes Mark Henry. He's in a pink suit or a salmon suit. But people call it different colours. Some people call it red. I think those people are wrong. And he walks out with his wrestling boots. And he puts his boots at the top of the ramp and just leaves them there. And he's not Mark, you know, he is normal Mark Henry. He's smiling, he's relaxed, his shoulders are back. And uh, from Hall of Pain, Mark Henry, he was this force. And he puts his boots down, he smiles, he's kind of like got a bit of moisture in his eyes. And he's looking around at everyone and he walks down to the ring. And uh, yeah, he just, uh, and they're playing up on commentary. Oh, we've been hearing this, you know, I think this is Mark Henry hanging up his boots for good. There's the symbolic act of leaving his boots, not so much in the ring, but there. And he just he just speaks normally to everyone. And uh, John Cena goes to leave to let him have his moment. He's like, no, man, I want you to stay. Stay here. Listen to this. I was, uh, you know, I was already here about five, six, seven years when this man broke into the company. And he has gone on to be everything that we all thought he could be. He's amazing. Like, give a hand, hand for John. And then the crowd booed John because this was the time when everyone hated John Cena. And so Cena's there on the apron playing a playing his part perfectly sort of like applauding mark when when he needs it and uh yeah just he just goes on and speaks normally about his career there are genuine chants from the crowd of thank you henry uh there's a sexual chocolate chant that makes him laugh and it's just all so naturalistic cena's clapping henry jokes about his career and he ends it by saying uh you know and all this time i've been on the road i've been traveling around I just want to say, baby. And someone from the crowd yells, May Young! <laughs> and he just goes, Not not May Young! <laughs> and, like, you know, that he broke that bit as well. It was such a good promo. Like, it was a genuinely great retirement promo. And he says, Not May Young is my daughter. Baby, I'm coming home. And you're like, Oh, what a lovely way to do this. Cena gets in the ring. They pose with the title. Like, they hold, hold it up. Uh, and then, like, you know, they pose some more goes on way too long for it to think it to be an angle and then henry picks up cena world's strongest slam and screams at him you think it was that easy you think it was that easy and he walks off and then they have a sort of a, a lackluster feud after that but what a promo i bought into it completely so did everyone else the one bad part of it is that i can no longer see or take retirement angles seriously. Oh, wow. I remember when Edge retired, yeah. which was the following year. And I was he was doing the speech on Raw, and I just thought, nope. Angle. Nope, this isn't happening. He just won the title. So, yeah. Defend the title. Did he defend against yes. Del Rio? Oh, yeah. Okay, then. But, yes, that was... Uh, yeah, it was amazing. I got that. That's very oh, good. Oh, I've got a little quote here, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, Mark Henry actually... 
was sent a text from the big show after this apparently it was it worked a lot of the boys backstage uh i guess the big show's message was the best he left me a message and said he is going to kill me that he was sitting on the couch with his wife crying and said that's how you do me you use me you use my feelings and i said oh my bad (laughs) oh so that's how good it was like big show bought into this watching it on telly very good there you go so what's uh your number five or what, whatever return this is so um i I've, I've picked something here from the you mentioned a very lackluster feud between mark henry and john cena mine is also from a bit of a lackluster feud between team wwf versus the alliance mm. of the w of wcw and ecw during the invasion angle and the whole thing had been built up around vince mcmahon was looking to bring back he didn't just need steve austin to lead his team he needed the old Stone Cold. Oh, yeah. And he used to cut these promos on, like, Austin. And there's this great, like, I think it was on SmackDown, and he was, like, in the ring going, like, I need the old Stone Cold. I don't need a Stone Cold that gives me hugs. I don't need a Stone Cold that plays the guitar. That he always like a cowboy hat. I need the old Stone Cold. And he's like, I need you. And Austin doesn't say anything. He just walks away. He just walks, and, like, Austin, McMahon's in the ring going, like, damn it, Steve, turn around. Come back. Give me a stunner, damn it. It's just wonderful performance by McMahon. And then on the Raw, it's the Raw before Invasion. It's, I think it's before Invasion. It might have been the, a couple of weeks before Invasion. I think I'm pretty sure it was the Raw before Invasion. The Go Home Raw. The Go Home Raw. And Team W, like the whole show, Austin has been in this bar. He's been in the Friendly Tap, which is um, uh, Tim White's bar, uh, referee mm. Tim White's bar. And he's in there and he's drinking beer and Jim Ross is just really angry that, that Steve's not here. Steve's not here to help Team W to lead this team. He's in some bar somewhere playing pole. And so we keep cutting back to him. And then throughout the show, you see um, the, they have like this team address. The Undertaker makes a speech. JBL makes a speech. They roll in f- classy Freddie Blassie to, to make a speech. And Steve Austin's watching this from the bar. And then he just smacks down the pool cue. And he's like, and he storms out the bar. And then you just see the Alliance are beating down Team WWF all over the building. Out in the parking lot, in the backstage area, in the ring. It's an all-out war. The WWF can't stand I, they can't stand up against the likes of Sean Stasiak and Mark Jindrak they, and Gregory Helms. They're just getting beat down by these megastars. But thankfully, while they're outside and the Hollies are being beaten up, who should return? But the old Stone Cold, he pulls up in his pickup truck, he comes out, just lamps these dudes that are outside and throwing them all over stuff, then goes indoors, finds some WCW jabronis, like Chuck Palumbo, and just like starts you know, effing them into this into stuff, and just throwing everyone everywhere. And it's in the ring, and the crowd at this point are like, Austin, Austin, because this is the Austin we've been wanting mm. since he turned heel at, the, at WrestleMania. And all of a sudden, the glass shatters. And his awful, disturbed music hits. And the old Stone Cold walks down. And the crowd are just going insane. Jim Ross is going insane on the headset. He comes down, stunners all around. There's like 25,000 stunners are delivered. Team WWF stand victorious. And despite the fact that the invasion is a dreadful, dreadful failure of, by, you know, ca- catastrophic accounts, mm. you know, catastrophic levels, that was a great moment. And it's just, and it was, it was the crowd popping huge for the return of Steve, like the, the old Stone Cold. Loved it. I, I, this wasn't part. This must have been before because Austin was still a heel. Maybe it was after, but one of the only times I can remember Undertaker corpse and on camera was that promo backstage, and it's like uh, Undertaker, Kane, uh, uh, Angle, Austin, Vince, maybe Jericho. He was on Team WWF, yeah. And uh, and everything that Vince says. 
Austin repeats the last line of. <laughs> yeah. And after a while, honestly, Undertaker is struggling to keep it together. And he actually has to look down for a moment. Oh, it's great. You to love watch. seeing uh, Wrestler's Corpse. You talked about that on the uh, the Patreon yeah, podcast yeah. for this month on Survivor Series 98. Who was that, the corpse? It was uh, the boss, boss man. Boss man, yeah, when Vince <laughs> was going, uh, yeah, well. He was adjusting his glasses and yeah, adjusting yeah. his nose before when announcing. Vince was drawing it out for all the heat. <laughs> okay, so number four, I've got probably to no surprise to anyone because I wax lyrical about it all the time. The Festival of Friendship from this year. Yeah. The most recent uh Was it really this entry? year? Yeah, it was February. It was before oh, of course Fastlane. It was before Don't you Fastlane. remember Fastlane? Of course it's before Fastlane. It's the end of the, no, Roadblock's the end of the line. Yeah. Fast God, do you know what? Fastlane feels like a lifetime ago. Well, you know, it does feel like last year because our years run from WrestleMania. WrestleMania to WrestleMania, WrestleMania, yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean what more can you say about Festival of Friendship? Not always the best storyline with uh Jericho and Kevin Owens because they're are you right? What are yeah, you yeah, doing? Yeah, Sorry. You just you just adjusting your hat. I was adjusting my hat. You had a stray hair. That's what it was. Could uh, you see it? I could see it. Yeah. yeah, it's been bugging me forever. <laughs> I'm glad you've sorted it out. So yeah, Owens and Jericho, best friends. Jericho is the United States champion. No, he just lost it to Roman Reigns by this point in the Royal Rumble. Of course, Owens is the long-running Universal champion. Not a perfect storyline for them. The way they continue to tease breaking up and then. It turned out not to be a breakup, but the the motivations were all off. But their chemistry together, that's what got Raw through some very, very rough months. And you really bought into the characters. Like, the storyline wasn't very good, but the characters were amazing. And it all built up to the Festival of Friendship. And it was just a perfect... I still think it is the best in-ring sort of gimmick segment WWE have ever done. In terms of, like... I think personally, I think it's better than the uh, the this, uh, is your this is your life with the Rock. That yeah. of course is a close second. Uh, but yeah, you, it started off with very very funny humour of Jericho trying to be very very friendly and Owens not liking any of it. Then you switch into genuine feels where Jericho says, "Look, man, this has been like one of my favourite runs of my career. Me working with you." And then you're like, "Oh, yeah, you, you, it feels real," and you buy into it. And then it flips it all on its head with one of the best uses of dramatic irony I've ever seen in WWE. Dramatic irony, just in case you're not familiar with the term, is when the audience cotton on to something before the character on screen does. And this is, usually you do it with like, you show the the bomb counting down underneath the table and, you know, everyone's sitting around the table. The audience knows there's a bomb there the 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 characters don't so that creates tension and you had it in that moment where Jericho lifts up the list he can't see that it says the list of KO perfectly directed this is like a scene from a movie why they don't make wrestling shows they, they don't make, make wrestling shows they make no. movies why is my name on here and then then we we figure it out just before Jericho figures it out then Jericho figures it out heartbreaking heartbreaking stuff brilliant brilliant end like, how often did WWE do a brilliant payoff to a storyline? No, no, It's quite rare. So, yeah, Festival of Friendship. I love it to bits. Yeah. Also, it led to a lackluster feud. Another <laughs> lackluster... Yeah, okay, payoff. So, maybe it was, yeah. a, it was a crescendo 
and then the payoff was actually the yeah. match wasn't very good. No. Vince McMahon certainly didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, that's heartbreaking. That's another a different kind of heartbreaking. I just didn't realize actually I've just seen another one of yours. Maybe we'll, um, I, well, I don't, don't spoil it. Oh, no, no, okay, I won't spoil it. Um, yeah, so number four, again, not really in any order. It's another return mm. here. Uh, not quite as big as a return of Stone Cold Steve Austin, or the old Stone Cold, but this is from February 2000. And it's uh, the storyline has been about Cactus Jack has uh, kind of like helped the radicals come into the WWF. And uh, because... Th- the radicals tried to join the WWF, but Triple H and the McMahon-Helmsley era were just like, no, you've got to all have matches for your jobs. In SmackDown, they lost all their matches. So come Raw, the Radicals come out and they said, we just want to thank Cactus Jack for helping us, giving us this opportunity. And then Triple H comes out and he says, like, you don't want to thank him. You want to thank the guy that signed your contracts. And then the Radicals beat down Cactus Jack and they beat him up. And it leads to this big old match to culminate at the end of the night. It's going to be the Radicals and Triple H and X-Pac. And it's going to face off against uh, Cactus Jack. And if you can find some teammates, because you're Cactus Jack and you're a loser. No one Mm. likes you. Try and find some teammates. Cactus Jack does find some teammates. He finds teammates in The Rock. And too cool. Too cool getting a main event yeah. rub with the likes of Triple H and the Radicals and stuff. Like he was super over at the time. Super cool. over at the time, and like Rikishi's there as well. So you've got like the three of them with Cactus Jack and The Rock. It's a big ten on ten match, and in the end, kind of all as you would imagine, it all breaks down. Mm. It all breaks down into this big old brawl with DX and the Radicals beating down the good guys. The lights go out, and it's darkness in the arena. JR's like, "What is this? Who? Are, what is? What's going on? And who should walk out onto the stage? But Paul Bearer." Paul Bearer there in this black and red suit looks absolutely awesome. He's pulling the Paul Bearer face. And then all of us, and then Kane's music's playing, and Big Pyro. Oh, man. And then, uh, what have I got? So, yeah, like, it's utter carnage. The, the outlaws have already run out. They're beating down. It's like a seven on five advantage. And then Kane comes out, and he's just fighting off all seven of these dudes on mm. his own. They try and run at him. He's just hitting them all over the show the crowd pops so big for bearer and they pop even louder for kane it's such a great moment he's tired i mean the only downside i would say this that x-pac was the one that kind of ran him off because he was the one that screwed him with the relationship with tory really he should have been targeting x-pac but x-pac kind of like gets out of there a bit too quick he just punches him and then x-pac runs away mm. really he's just giving choke slams to the radicals and billy gunn who takes one hell of a choke slam by the way billy gunn's a great seller he goes well up and goes yeah. well down just it's just a great moment. I'm a big bit of a cane mark, which is why it kind of like this latest run upsets me so mm. much. But uh, I loved it. I loved it. So awesome. I got a lot of YouTube comment heat for saying that I was not impressed with Kane's most recent run. Really? I think a lot of people are gonna love Kane, whatever. Yeah. And any critique of Kane, they're gonna say, "No, you're wrong," and shout. Yeah. Uh, so I can kind of see that, but I, for me, I mean, I'm I'm such a Kane Mark, but I appreciate that pretty much anything post 2002, maybe 2003, mm. has been quite bad. Especially uh. his long run as Uncle Fester Kane, I did not like at all. He had his series when he started doing uh, promos with music out in the oh, rings, yes. very very bad. Yeah, not great. Especially because we watched the Survivor Series 1998. Where he's big, red, colourful cane. He's the big red machine. And he's so athletic. Oh, if only you could listen to our review of that <laughs> pay-per-view. What a plug for the Patreon-exclusive podcast. So mine at number three of the This Decade Raw moments. A moment that people very much enjoy. Yes. 
Dolph Ziggler's Money in the Bank cash-in in the Raw after WrestleMania 2013. What a year 2013 was for you. 8th of eighth of April. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it was all good, though. It was like, <laughs> it was these peppered moments of yeah. awesomeness. Uh, but yeah, this was pre-three hours, I think. Mm, maybe. May, oh, I don't know about that. Happier times, maybe. I can't remember. Anyway, so we all know the story. I think that WrestleMania, the roar after WrestleMania, for me, had only become a thing the previous year. Because that was Fandango... Or maybe it was yes. I think, I think it was this year. Was it? It was okay. So the because war fact, after WrestleMania. Fandango was the year after. Or yes, was the previous oh, no. year. Yeah, God, I can't remember. So it was a new thing. It was like it in had, its budding phases. WWE hadn't branded it yet. No, no. It was just like it's a passionate crowd. They're still trying to like. Oh, I don't it's like bizarro it. world. I don't like it. They're doing. They're having too much fun they're, at a wrestling they're, show. They're cheering the heels yeah. and booing the baby faces. But now they've uh, they've totally owned it and kind of choked the life out of it a little <laughs> bit. And uh, yeah, turned it into a bit of a smarky crowd. This was the good old times. And uh, Alberto Del Rio had... I can't even remember who the match was against. But he wrestled the Open in one of the first matches of the show. Roberto Rodriguez is still out there with him. Back when... Pac, you know, what a good act that was. Such a great act. Don't know why they broke them up. And Del Rio had just won. He's a baby face at this point. And the crowd sort of knew what was going to happen. Like everyone could feel it. Dolph Ziggler's music hits as soon as Ziggler's music hits because he's got money in the bank and Ziggler was so over back then I had a uh, one of the only things I ever bought off of Barbershop Window was a Dolph Ziggler hoodie although I don't actually think it wasn't an official merchandise range but he would occasionally appear on Zack Ryder's Long Island I see. I see story whatever it was called true, a Z true Long Island story yeah and he would have these really really cool promo segments called hashtag heel I was like oh my god that's the coolest thing ever it's kayfabe but it's the yeah. uh, so I got a hashtag heel hoodie that was my pride and joy uh, but it was actually pretty rubbish mm-hmm. but I loved it uh, and so I was very into Ziggler. So was everyone else. Everyone was super into Ziggler. We all thought it was going to be the next big thing. And at this point, he'd actually been packaged with a faction of AJ Lee and Big E Langston. He had a full name back then because they looked like um, they, they looked like Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, it looked a very it, weird. Mix. It looked like Cloud Barrett and Tifa. It was right. hilarious. Uh, I, yeah, I don't get that reference, but sure, sure it fits. What a nerd. Uh, they get a huge pop. They walk down. They look mean. And Scott Armstrong, uh, he gives the, the the Money in the Bank briefcase. And the crowd are going insane. It's like one sustained pop that somehow gets larger uh, in various bits. Uh, and then the great thing is, you'd expect Ziggler to just hit the move and win. Like most Money in the Bank cash-ins do. No, it's drawn out. Famasa, kick out. And everyone's like, okay, they're not going to let Ziggler lose, are they, to troll us? And then uh, Ricardo's at ringside pounding, and Del Rio catches Ziggler in an armbar, and it is in forever, and Ziggler is screaming, and like, he's obviously the heel, but he just comes off like a baby face, Ziggler, and he's so close to tapping, but he gets out, hits the zigzag, wins huge pop, and it's like, what a moment, and everyone is so into it, but what I really enjoy about this is how happy Ziggler is. You know, because he's, this is, I think it was his first world title win. And he is screaming. His first proper one, anyway. I think yeah. he, had, he had like those duff ones with Edge. Sure, yeah. Which yeah. didn't really count. So he's, he's like celebrating so hard with his arms like this. 
his eyes go in. <laughs> he goes cross-eyed. And maybe he's trying to be sure Michael's still. <laughs> and he's, uh, it, it just makes you, it sort of made me realise, man, I want to I do something that makes me feel like that. Yeah. And uh, look where brilliant. you are now. Yes. Um, I remember the, the WrestleMania before that. I say I remember it. I don't remember it particularly well because what I'm about to say sounds very spotty in terms of my memories. Sure. But I almost said, when I was doing my predictions, I think, I'm almost certain on the pre-show, or it might have been on the main show, but Dolph and Big E were going for the tag titles. Mm. And I think maybe it was on the main show, AJ Lee was going for the Divas Championship or something along these sorts of lines. Because I, uh, my prediction for that WrestleMania was, I said, I'm gonna, uh, my prediction was that Ziggler and Big E were going to win the tag straps. Mm. AJ was going to win the Divas Championship. And then Ziggler was going to cash in and win money and uh, win the World Championship on WrestleMania. All the best. And they were going to end the night with all of them standing there holding up all of the belts. And they're going to be this ultra unit. Maybe I just really like ultra units that win all the belts. I think you just like getting people over. <laughs> That's what it is. Which is, yeah, that would have done that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, he, it got him over for a little bit, but once again, led to a lackluster feud. Speaking of getting over, oh, oh. yeah, because Dolph Ziggler had a concussion. It sort yeah. of fizzled out. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be our first one here, which is like a big raw moment. That didn't lead to a lackluster feud. Hey! So this actually comes in the middle of a feud. And it's January 4th, 1999. One of my all-time favourite episodes of Raw, which is when Mankind won his very first WWF Championship. It's a great main event between uh, between Mankind and The Rock. And they've got all sorts of screwiness outside. You've got the the uh, the corporations. You've got Boss Man and Shamrock and Vince and Shane all around the outside. And then you've got good guys DX. You've got Triple H with the Road Dog and Billy Gunn and X-Pac all cheering on Mankind. And there's this big old schmoz around the ring. There's a big old schmoz in the ring. There's weapon shots. There's this, that and the other. All sorts of commotion. The only thing that makes this bad is that Michael Cole is doing commentary and it should have been JR no. but unfortunately JR is, uh, is Bell's palsy so he couldn't do this show this is when he was out for an extended period of time and obviously this is made famous because on WCW Nitro Tony Schiavone revealed the result it was a taped show so they said like oh if you flip over and watch Raw now you're going to see Mankind who wrestled here as Cactus Jack win the WWF Championship huh that'll put butts in the seats poor old Tony Schiavone it's been, he's become the butts excuse the pun of jokes ever since he was just told what he was just being, just doing what he was told to do. Poor old Tony Schiavone, I do feel for him. But anyway, if you did flip over and watch this moment, all of a sudden, once again, the glass shatters and the crowd are already rabid. But when that glass shatters and Austin's music, his good music, hits, man, that crowd just goes banana and just absolutely loses it. Comes down, stunners all round. Mick Foley, Mankind wins the WF Championship. And credit to Michael Cole, he does sell this moment very well. He's like, Mick Foley, like, you know. Uh, Mrs. Foley's baby boy mm. sleeping in cars, this, that, and the other, jumping off roofs just for this moment. And he cuts a promo saying, like, I did it. I'm the champion, holding it aloft. DX holds him up onto his shoulders. What a feel-good moment. And it led to a kick-ass feud mm. because then you had the Royal Rumble at the end of the month with the, the great, bru- well, I mean, it's say great, it's difficult to watch now, street fight between, uh, street, um, uh, I quit match between The Rock and Mankind. Then you had their um, halftime heat match um the, the the empty arena match and then you had the another match after that and it's just such a shame that with all this mankind wasn't in the main event of wrestlemania 1999 mm. when he really should have been it should have been mankind austin and rock but instead it was just rock and austin and apparently the reason for that is Shawn michaels was the one who said no and he really? he convinced vince that um mania main event should only be one-on-one 
which obviously didn't apply when he was in the main event. Sure, with, yeah, with, I was uh, going to say. With Triple H and Stevie Richards. Ah, oh, yeah, Stevie Richards. What a career. <laughs> what a career he had. Oh, yeah, that, oh, that's spine-tingling there, remembering <laughs> that. <laughs> Great well, moment. What a moment. Uh, so I've got a really amazing moment. That led to, that a, led to a lackluster, lackluster feud. feud. <laughs> so uh, the, the day is June 7th, 2010. It's a raw. It's three hours long because it's a special viewer's choice episode. It was a bad episode of Raw. <laughs> I remember watching this because I would watch the next morning before I would go to work. I'd, I'd get up very early and watch it on my Sky recorded repeat thing. Uh, the A-Team, the cast of the A-Team were the special guest hosts. So Bradley Cooper, Jeremy Piven. Is that right? Jeremy Piven, are you sure? No, no I'm mixing not. up. You're thinking of uh, you're thinking of Summerfest. I'm thinking of Summerfest. Anyway, the A team were guest hosts. Bradley Cooper was definitely there. Uh, was, let me. I believe Neeson wasn't there, surely. No, I don't think so. No. Maybe he was under the under the ring doing. <laughs> I will find you. Uh, so here's a few <laughs> of the excellent matches the viewers chose. Kozlov and Santino Morella in a dance off. Oh man, like. Brilliant. Like, how could you... What more could you want? Mm. Kozlov, remember when he was in a feud with Triple H when he first came in? Mm. Remember how uh, WWE and TNA got into an, a negotiating war over the services of Kozlov? He's a big guy. And Jerry Jarrett, disgruntled with TNA and Jeff, took Kozlov to WWE. Yeah. That was him sticking it to his son, Jeff. Uh, Orton beat Edge. Randy Orton beat Edge in a one-arm match. <laughs> and Maurice... Won a Divas Battle Royal. So, all-time classic. Yeah, but yeah. the uh, the main event was John Cena versus CM Punk. CM Punk was with the Straight Edge Society at the time. Really, really good act. And uh, then, like, ten minutes into the match, Wade Barrett walks down the ramp. And you're like, oh, that's uh, Wade Barrett. He just won NXT the, season the one. debut season of Next- uh, Nexus. I've given the game away. <laughs> of NXT, back when that was a... Uh, sort of a competition-based show. And then so, some more of the contestants from that season hop over the barricade, and then some more, and then they surround the ring. And this is, of course, the first Nexus invasion that was just insanely brilliant. They beat up Doc... They beat up Luke Gallows uh, right away, and uh, I don't think Joey Mercury was... Maybe he was. But then they drag out CM Punk, and they beat him down a bit, and then the Straight Edge Society run away. Then... Uh, Nexus get in, they knock out the referee, and then they surround John Cena. And Cena's looking at them, smiling, like, okay, we're going to do this, are we? And then they just pounce on him, and they beat him up. But then they do what really sticks in everyone's mind, and that is destroy the entire area, rip up the ring mats, tear up the uh, the padding around the ring. Uh, the apron comes off. The, the rope, did they even take the ropes off and stuff? Yeah, because they used that to choke Cena. Uh, it was incredible. Was it Tom Phillips? Tom Phillips is uh, the ring announcer? No, 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 no. That's the... Uh, who's, who was the old ring announcer who uh, wrote the book? Who was bullied by Oh, uh, Justin Roberts. Justin Roberts. Uh, Daniel Bryan got fired because he was choking Justin Roberts with his own tie. And uh, spat on Cena. Spat on Cena. It was just... It was insane. It... And it almost meant more because everything on Raw for the two and a bit hours beforehand was so rubbish. And then it was punctured by this real effective moment of realism. And you're like, I hated everything that came before it. But would this have worked so well if that wasn't all so rubbish? 
I don't think that was that was what their intention was. But yes, the Nexus invasion. Unfortunately, it led to absolutely nothing. Yeah. But what a moment. You and I watched it again quite recently because yes. I was doing uh, top four SummerSlam angles that failed. Yeah. I think that was the, the list or something like that. And that was because it led to that SummerSlam match where Team Cena, or Team WWF, Team WWE, won. Unnecessarily won the match. And Cena beat two guys. It was Baron and yeah, Gabriel. After being DDT'd onto the concrete. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a, a real disappointment. But like, there's some great moments watching that back, especially when you read some of the interviews and stuff so um daniel bryan choked out justin roberts and they already knew that something bad was happening or they you know something bad was going to happen to him because you can actually watch if you go back and watch it he slater grabs the rope and goes over to john cena to choke him as well mm. and cena says and you can't hear it but you can what i've seen in interviews afterwards cena said don't choke me don't just don't don't choke me because that's not allowed mm. and you can watch Heath go do it and then stop and walk back and 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 stop what he's doing but it's a great angle it's so good. What an effective way to debut seven lads. Yeah. Even Michael Tarver looks great. Yeah, I mean, it's just like invasion angles. They're so there's a lot of them, but this was so unique. Somehow that like they really made it feel special. Uh, I I can't. It will be hard to do another one without feeling like a rip off of this. Yeah, which is a testament to a great angle. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So uh, I've got uh, another one here. My number four again. No, not in any order. This was uh, from two thousand summer of two thousand. You got to remember, two thousand was really dominated by Triple H and the uh, the McMahon Helmsley era. Triple H was WWF champion. He was running the show. He was screwing over all the baby faces. And we got into this situation here, where at the start of the show, Jericho, Chris Jericho, mid Carter, Chris Jericho convinces. Triple H that he should have a title shot he wants a shot at the WWF championship and uh, he and like, Triple H is like yeah that's, that's absolutely fine because I've got you know I've got my backup around here but who does Tri- who does Jericho have in his corner only the bloody acolytes the acolytes protection agency the APA it's the APA come down and they run off Shane McMahon and uh, anyway they have this they have this match and it's a you know, pretty good match and then Stephanie slides in the women's championship for Triple I think it's the women's championship she, she slides in a championship for Triple H to use but try uh, YCJ ducks that and then he gets Triple H he gets the belt and he hits Triple H with it and then we had, so they've always had this feud between Triple H and Earl Hebner Triple H's like, I don't want to work with El Hebner. I don't think you're a very good ref because he's a babyface ref. And then, so Ebner comes in, he slides in, count great near fall. Triple H kicks out, and then Triple H gets up and he starts arguing with Earl. He starts pushing around, pushing Earl, and then he pushes Earl, and uh, and then Earl's just like fighting, fighting El Hebner. Stand up, boom, pushes Triple H over, and then Triple and he falls over. Jericho hits the lion salt. Earl Hebner, fast count, one, two, three. Jericho is the new WWF champion, and everyone's like, "What?" Like the crowd have this awesome moment. This everyone's like, "This is gonna be a title change here," and then there was, and they were like, "Everyone pops huge because Jericho's the WWF champion," and commentary's going crazy, the crowd's going crazy, Jericho's going crazy. Unfortunately, later on in the show, Triple H convinces El Hebner that he will reverse the decision, like to reverse the decision, so Triple H gets the belt back. But for that brief moment. Chris Jericho was the WWE champion and that really felt like this was going to be the ascent of Jericho into the main events and it would take him another year and a half but he would get there mm. yeah that was great I, I didn't mind that it was reversed I no I, was... I, 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 I agree yeah but um, I, I get but I think for me the frustration or oh, the frustration the disappointment comes from the fact that like nothing was ever built off of it mm. you know it took them another year and a half to realise like, oh actually maybe this Jericho's uh, got something interesting that he's in two of our uh, favourite raw moments yeah well he's that good two very different decades well I guess uh, one two 
only two. Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna. Well, three-hour roars feature in two of mine, uh, but not of the modern-day era because the three-hour roar was for the Nexus one. The other one was the about nine months after. Oh, actually, no, almost exactly a year later, on the twenty-seventh of June, twenty eleven. This is my number one this decade pick of raw moments. It was an episode of Raw Roulette. So just like the viewer's choice, it was another three-hour episode with stupid matchups. Uh, yeah, you, Booker T was like spinning the wheel. It was in Las Vegas, so it had that gambling theme. And uh, But at the end of a match of John Cena versus R-Truth, CM Punk cuts a promo. Sorry, John Cena versus who? R-Truth. Main events are R-Truth. Yeah, main yeah, events are R-Truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can put him on a team with Brock Lesnar, that's fine. Uh, CM Punk. Cuts his infamous pipe bomb promo. He certainly does. And uh, I feel like I talk about this about once a week, but it's that damn good. It saved me for being a professional wrestling fan. I was nearly done with uh, wrestling, and Punk was one of the only things keeping me alive. And then WWE felt so fake at the time. Ring of Honor was where it was at for me. And then Punk punctured all of that with this this magnificent work shoot promo but I didn't know it was worked at the time. I thought, what just happened? Did they just, did he actually say the stuff that we're all thinking? The way they flash up the, like you don't even have the copyright logo. They do it earlier on in the night so they don't have to do it. So it looks like they cut Punk's mic and then the broadcast just goes to black as he's screaming at the camera. It was all so real. And for once, it actually had a good payoff in the in the short term, at least. Yeah, I was going to say it did lead to a very pants payoff down the line. Yeah, but this was the setup for their Money in the Bank match, which is one of the best pay per views WWE's ever done, and you know a five star match with Punk and John Cena in the main event with one of the best pieces of in match booking I've ever seen. God, if only there was like a uh, a, a pay per view Patreon podcast that people could listen to where two people such as you and I hmm. review that pay per view. I'd be into that. Yeah, and we and to, and talk about that angle at great length. Yes, please. Maybe go over to Wrestle Talk's Patreon page to see if there is anything like that for Money in the Bank 2011. But what's your not number one, but my final. Not, not number one, but my yes. final choice. Once again, it is the Attitude Era. Of course, it's going to feature this man, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this, is, this was, I mean, this is going to be a, a mind-blowing time for you. This is when Stephanie McMahon was a, was a babyface. What? She, not only was she a babyface, she was a sweet and innocent babyface. Mm. She was just, she'd only recently been coming, like, brought into the company as, a, as an on-screen character. She was the daughter of Vince McMahon. Daddy's little girl. She's just nice Stephanie McMahon. Look how nice and innocent that girl is. What a nice girl. I bet you she's going to grow up to do very, very nice things for this company. Little did we know. But anyway, Stephanie McMahon gets kidnapped by The Undertaker. Great moments when uh, Stephanie gets into the back of the limo and says like, oh, do you know, drive, uh, drive where I need to go? And then the, the visor comes down, and it's uh, the Undertaker. And I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn around. I mean, this is not gonna work for podcast listeners. But he just turns around and goes, "Where to, Stephanie?" <laughs> and then she goes, "Dad!" And he drives off, and this Undertaker is kidnapped. Has kidnapped uh, Stephanie, and he takes her to Raw. 
because they're going to have the unholy union where the Undertaker is going to marry Stephanie McMahon and bring her into the Ministry of Darkness. So you've got all the Ministry out there. You've got the Undertaker. She's tied to this to the Undertaker symbol, not a cross. She's tied to the Undertaker symbol, and the Undertaker's there doing his big Buffy the Vampire Slayer baddies type stuff that he was doing. And Paul Bearer's, you know, reading off about like all this unholy union garbage great great moment jim Cornette's on commentary so it's like it's proper corny time and then the glass shatters and austin comes down and you know he breaks up this own holy union sterners everyone staves staves saves stephanie and there's this brilliant moment and it's great acting from stephanie because she's so afraid and like just tears in her eyes and she just hugs eve he doesn't hug her back but she just hugs him. And you've got Jim Cornette on commentary going like, he didn't save her for being McMahon. He saved her because it was the right thing to do. It was oh, it's a great bit of commentary from Corny, but a great moment. And I, 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 I mean, I mean, I sound like I'm taking the piss when I call him a Buffy the Vampire Slayer baddie and all of this like Ministry of Darkness garbage. But I loved the Ministry. I thought the Ministry was the coolest thing because it's 1998 and I'm like, um, tw- no, hang on, I'm 12 years old and I like metal music and I'm like, this is so cool. And I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I'm like, this is awesome. What a great moment. Loved it. trip down memory lane yeah i mean we thought you said oh i don't know if we've got enough content uh, no, to no 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 fill no, 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 no. that's that's not quite what i said why well, i said we had a lot of other things we could cover and you were like we'll just do this bit and i said well we'll, we'll see how we go i didn't think we'd run for 15 minutes i'll be honest yeah. and 15 minutes of just irreverent chat at oh the, start. The, the best stuff though that's I, where all the gold is yeah i hope that goes down well because it would be it would be good to come in and not prepare anything and have that take up half the show <laughs> particularly because i actually had a point i wanted to make a wrestling oh, yeah? point and i forgot to make it on the show do you want to save it or do you want to make I it mean, now I, I might save it i might save ah. it but it's it's my it's my latest wrestling hot take Ooh, surely make a, a video for the weekend no because it's not that good yeah, it's not that good no it's around an nxt star no one cares about that oh, cool so uh liam writes nothing else needed Love these guys. They have single-handedly got me back into wrestling. So likeable, informative, great chemistry, and I haven't listened to anything else in the car for over a month. Thumbs up emoji. Applause emoji. Thanks, Liam. Cheers, Liam. Liam. I like it when people say that. Apart from the, uh, you know, this is a good, consistent podcast, which is my favourite thing. My second favourite is when people say, you got us back into wrestling. Yeah, because like we need more wrestling fans out there level-headed wrestling fans yeah. who who love it and also criticise it constructively. Exactly, yeah. Who aren't just thinking, oh, this is rubbish, this. Yes. Who are there to go like, that wasn't very good, was it? And the reason why it wasn't very good is for X, Y, and Z. Not not ju- not everyone's buried. Nope, nope. Not everyone's, uh, what's the other word? Um, Shoveled? But that's the same, <laughs> that's the same thing. thing. I was like, I saw um, someone comment on my Nakamura video that gone up saying like oh just another cry baby because their favorite wrestler isn't getting pushed at the moment i was like actually the content of the video was like this is a good thing that is so you <laughs> you are such a cry baby luke it's a cry where's man baby, baby? Well, where's nakamura why is he on tv all the time wow so the next review i'm worried that bit there sounds like a cut when, when i just went wow oh yeah we like we made a mistake like it sounds like a, a hard cut that was that's that's in camera editing <laughs> That was real. I just saw something and I reacted to it. Mm. But the way I said wow and then you stopped completely what you were doing. 
<laughs> I think that's going to sound harsh. Yeah. No, Nothing I'm, went wrong. I'll be honest. I, I mean, maybe I don't want to add fire to the, uh, the 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 conspiracy theory fuel, but we do that a lot in the the Wrestle Ramble Extra, and I'm very yes. good at editing around that. Ah, uh, yeah, you're great at editing that. So yeah, the reason I said wow is because the next review, the name of their Apple ID account to review stuff on iTunes, is support Wrestle Talk. <laughs> Four exclamation marks. Well, I'm hoping that's because the one, two, and three exclamation marks were taken. <laughs> they write, Hi, S-W-A-F-T. What a podcast. The greatest podcast of all time. Oh, thank you, support. Thank you, Talk. support. I like to Talk. think of that like um, Partridge. Crash, bang, mm. wallop. I drive a car, but not like this. What a podcast. <laughs> Crash, bang, wallop. What a video. Cool. Yeah, well, hopefully they are... I mean, these are the UK reviews, so there must be some Alan Partridge references in there somewhere. In fact, if you are a UK listener, I want all iTunes reviews <laughs> to contain uh, as many Alan Partridge references as possible. Stop getting Bond wrong! And American viewers, if you're not familiar with Alan Partridge, in the, in, in the words of Michael Cole promoting a WWE network, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? It's like Netflix, but better. Uh, so that's all we've got time for today. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, hopefully with a review of Broken Matt Hardy. Well, debuting I mean, in WWE. It, it seems to be. He won't shut up about it. So, yeah, it seems to be on the way. Well, he was on the live events at the weekend. He was. I know. Yeah. That's what I mean. He won't oh, shut up yeah. about it. Cool. So we will see you then. Love you. Bye. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.